You're listening to The Mom Inspired Show, episode 222 with Melissa Sharp. Welcome to The Mom Inspired Show. I'm your host, Amber Sandberg, and this show is created to inspire, encourage, and add a little extra fun to your day. Hey, you guys, I'm super excited to kick off this four-part series with Melissa Sharp. If you heard us talk last year, during the springtime, I did a COVID series just checking in with certain moms to see how they're doing um, with COVID. And that was obviously more the beginning. And here we are, you know, kind of, we don't know where we're at in this. You know, we could say we're in the middle. Um, We would like to think that we're at the end. I just don't really know where this is all going to go, even though we are in 2021. And so many of us, I feel like we're just hoping that this would all get solved in 2021, that once we left 2020, this would be such a different year. And as we know, um, 2021 has already proved to be very interesting and not as easy as I think we thought it was going to be. We're still kind of wondering where are we going with all of this and what is our lives going to look like? And so I wanted to have Melissa come on because I feel like it's so important to talk about mental health. As bad as COVID is to get the virus itself and be sick, I think so many people are dealing with mental illnesses and it can be from, you know, something not even, you know, really bad in regards to like you're dealing with sad. And because right now that's this time of year, a lot of people are impacted by it being gray skies. And we talk about that in this episode to people really struggling with depression and anxiety and don't know what to do. And because of the social distancing, they feel alone and they just feel so isolated. And so I wanted to talk to Melissa about this, um, just to get her thoughts on this and, um, just kind of share with you guys, you know, what she might be struggling with, um, what I've noticed during this time frame. And I just want you guys to know that you're not alone. And this is why I wanted to do this series. I wanted to touch base on all of this because I feel like we deal with loneliness in different ways and there's different reasons why you feel lonely. And so today we're going to talk about the mental health. So I hope that you hear this and um, it makes you just feel like, you know what, I'm not the only one going through this. And we also just talk about how COVID has impacted our lives, our family lives, what that looks like. Um, You know, there's a lot of things that we laugh about in this episode too. So it's not just all down. Um, So make sure to share this with your friends, especially if you know someone that's just having a really hard time. Um, Please share this episode with them. Um, I would love for them to hear this series. So I hope you guys really enjoy this episode. Hey, you guys. So I am working on something that I'm not quite ready to share, but it is going to help all of you listeners um, in the end. So I need your help. And I would love for you guys to help me in a way of if you could email me some ideas that would make your lives better. Like what are the topics that you want to hear? What kind of guests do you want me to bring on the show for 2021? Um, I am working on something that I'm going to be able to help you guys more um, beyond the podcast. And um, I'm hoping to share that at the end of January. Um, I will have more details, I think, by then. And then um, I can kind of go into it a little bit more. But in the meantime, will you email me at amber at mominspiredshow.com and send me some ideas on what you want to hear. Um, What would you love for me to talk about that would help you? And if you're in my Facebook group um, for the Mom Inspired Show, um, feel free to message me. Um, Tell me what you want to hear. If you don't want to email me, that's fine. Um, I am getting my Instagram account uh, back up and running. If you did not hear, I've not been able to be on since the end of June. 
And so I'm having to move all my stuff. My Instagram account was Amber Sandberg. I'm now moving it over to Mom Inspired Living because Mom Inspired Living is going to be the umbrella to all my stuff. Since I do travel, I do the podcast. So the Mom Inspired Show is the podcast, obviously. Um, so Mom Inspired Living, it just kind of encompasses everything that I end up um, doing Um you know, that kind of inspires mom. So I'm going to move everything over. And so I think I have 30 followers and I had almost 800. Um, so if you follow me on Instagram, make sure to go to mom inspired living. Um, I can't access my old account fully. Um, it's a long story. And so I've given up on trying to get that up and running and back in. So if you send me messages there, I cannot access the Amber Sandberg Instagram account. Um, so please follow me at mom inspired living on Instagram. So you can message me there and I will get it. But again, um, I want to hear from you guys. I want to know what do you want to hear in 2021 that will make your lives better? Um, what do you need to hear um, to feel inspired? And again, I am working on something to help you guys beyond the podcast. And I'm super Super excited, and I will be sharing that at the end of January. Um, so send me messages, send me emails. I would love to hear from you. Let's go to the show. Hey, Melissa, thanks so much for coming back on the show today. Hi, Amber. I'm so happy to be here. Okay, so we're doing this series um, for loneliness and you know during COVID and all this kind of stuff. And um, I normally talk about icebreakers on travel, but you've been on the show several times, so I've asked you. Plus, I'm just going to take a break from that anyway, because people aren't really traveling. And so I thought I would ask, what is something that you took away from 2020? Either something you learned about yourself or um, something that you just really had to embrace this year that maybe you weren't challenged to embrace it before. So it can be anything that kind of stands out to you. Uh, Okay, so I had already mentioned this to you before. I realized that my children are a little spoiled. <laughs> that was my takeaway. And, and, you know, let me reference it again. Not rotten. Yeah. There's a difference between they're not spoiled being rotten. They're, they're just they're spoiled. Not spoiled rotten. You just, when I look at my childhood oh, yeah. and then I compare it to their childhood. Yes, so different. You know, it's very, very different. And yeah. I, I have to be responsible for that. Yeah. And so that's, that's what I'm taking away from 2020. There are some changes happening in my house. So what stands out to you? Um, what are some things that you could share that kind of stick out to you that you're like, they're spoiled. And, and it really was obvious this year. So if anyone has done the love languages, I highly recommend it. It's the, the five different love languages um, and how we all give and receive love. And so one of my love languages, my top one is acts of service. And so doing things for others and being of service to others is one of the ways that I show love or I receive love. And so I think with my girls, acts of service is just something I've done for them for so long so that they know that mom sees them, that mom's paying attention to them and mom does for them. And I've really been challenged uh, with my kids to see that they are cap they are capable of doing more. And I need to teach them acts of service and how to love others that way uh, who desire the it um, as opposed to just me constantly showing them love. And so that was a challenge for me, uh, just getting them to mm -hmm. learn that yeah. not everything is about them. And they also have <laughs> to show they also have to show others the love and the way that yeah. others feel love, just not how they receive it. So yeah. 
that's been something we've been working on in our home for sure. Yeah, I understand that. And and here's my question. What are their love languages? Because are they even access service? And would they even count that as, you know, love? Or like, would they just think, well, no, that's just what mommy does? Like, are you not even getting the credit for their love tank being filled? Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. And I think you just nailed it right there. They <laughs> just recognize that that's what mom yeah. does. Yep. And getting them to understand that not not all moms do. Yeah. And I have friends who have taught their kids from a very tiny age to do their own laundry. Yeah. You know, and I was challenged the other day with someone who by the age of six, their kids were making their own lunches for school. Yeah. And you know, my girls can do those things and they help me with those things. But sure. I have learned my older daughter, uh, quality time is mm. her love language. And for my younger daughter, uh, gifts yep. it, and words of affirmation are yeah. big for her as well. Right. right. So you're so, doing acts of services and they're like, okay, cool. Well, that's just a bonus, but you're still not filling yeah. my love tank. <laughs> yeah. When my daughter was like the other day, she's like, mom, can you cut me up an apple? And I looked at her and I was like, well, you can cut up an apple. Like I've taught you how to use the knife. Yeah. And she just batted her eyelashes at me and she was like, but I just like the way that you do it. Of course. Cause then she doesn't right? have to get up. <laughs> then she doesn't have to get up. And, and you know what? She cut her own apple because I, I, I'm learning, I'm a work in progress as well. But I think as moms, when we just love, and we, especially during this time yes. that we're going through and mm -hmm. we're together a lot yeah. um, and we just want our kids to feel safe and secure. And so, but I did, you know, I, I do realize like I have faults. I have quite a few faults and I don't want my girls to grow up just thinking others will do. Um, they they are very capable, and I want them to understand that they are capable. And so I've just been learning, you know, from my friends who are strong and have been challenging me. You need to have those people who challenge you in your life, and so yeah, that's been a learning for sure. It's good. It's good to hear that from other people. Yeah, the, my girls really have started cleaning more because I'm like, you guys, the house is so crazy, and it's your fault. Like, what the heck? <laughs> I'm not doing this. <laughs> Like yeah, this, this just made my, my life bar. harder. Like what in the world? <laughs> I put my Barbies away. Thanks. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, like, especially when all four of us were home, I'm like, this is bonkers. Like how messy the house is getting. And most of this isn't even mine. I'm thinking, no. I mean, so yeah. So I mean, my oldest is nine and she's learned to clean the bathrooms and, um, we've had to work at that. And then, um, Serena, she's six. And so she's learning to vacuum. And Serena already takes out the garbages. Todd built a pulley system onto our big garbage in our garage so she, that she can pull the, the lever the lever without touching the garbage can so that she could throw it in without like trying to lift it up. And that's totally her job. I mean, people crack up. Awesome. They're like, oh my gosh. And Skyla learned how to cut the lawn this year. She's tall what? enough. So yeah. Mm-hmm. I know it's a self-propelled. I mean, it's not like a lawnmower that Todd probably had to use. I'm not like, even allowed to touch my husband's lawnmower. Oh, that's hilarious. So yeah. And Skyla even negotiated like with Todd. She's kind of like, no, I want more than that. What you're going to pay me? Which I was like, that's pretty good because she's our shy one. And I'm like, you go, girl. Yeah, you negotiate. That's good. And so, yeah, um, yeah so she she did that. And so when when summer was done, she's like, I need to do some more work because she knew she was going to lose that seasonal job. And I was like, yes. so that's how she got the bathroom. So that's awesome. I think there is a difference too, between 
your kids having chores uh-huh. because they are an active member of the family. Yes. My girls have their regular chores they yep. have to do every day. Of course. Mm-hmm. And them doing above and beyond, yep. teaching them some sort of work ethic. Yeah. So, you know, for us, for my older daughter, it was um, helping with the vegetable gardens. Oh, nice. That was mm-hmm. something that she had to do. And yes, she complained about it, but of course. <laughs> she had to work for it. Yeah. You know, we all have to do things that yep. we don't want to do sometimes. Yep. And so I have been learning, but I do notice it's the little things. It's the little acts mm-hmm. of service that I do. And I'm not going to take that away because yeah. I still want my girls to feel cared for. Yeah. But it was, yeah, teaching my one daughter how to vacuum the staircases yeah. because, you know, it's but, I hate doing it. And I guess know. what? You're yeah. the right size to start. You're the right size so. to do it. Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And There's I still, and speaking of lunches, I, I do make the girls lunches. And sometimes I say... I'm like, you guys are going to start doing this. I'm like, why am I still doing these things? So so even though they do stuff around the house, I still do that because I do like to show them that, you know, I care about them and stuff like that. And, um, but yesterday, <laughs> Serena, she's like, I don't think I really want to make more money folding the towels. I'm like, okay, <laughs> I see. She's like, you're done. <laughs> <laughs> so it is funny because it, it, that is an add-on for her that if she wants to, but she's kind of like, yeah, I don't think I want that extra money. <laughs> <laughs> you but, know, her time was more valuable. Her personal time was more valuable in that moment. <laughs> I know, right? And um, what's But, you know, I will say they love going to Target and spending their money. And then, I, then that's where... And so that they've get they're getting the practice of seeing like um, how much things cost and how some things are expensive and then and then they'll realize some things are like wow this is actually really cheap and so that they have an idea um, mm-hmm. I think Serena saw something and then she saw the price and she's like no forget about it and you know what I mean she's six so yeah. um so those are habits and skills that I want them to learn and by them making their own money. It really teaches them versus them using my money. And then also it just gives them that independence to be like, I'm going to go, I have to have enough money and they're going to look around and they're going to really evaluate it because it's their money. And so they don't have just like this, you know, never ending amount of cash sitting here. And so, um, yeah, we all, we all wish we had, we all wish we had this never ending (laughs) cash to go to Target. Oh yeah. Oh yes. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, that's, so that's been th- a thing that has stood out to me this year and just trying to get things cleaned, cleaned up and doing stuff. And mainly because they're the ones who are making the mess. I'm like, this is something that stood out to me that I'm like, wait, why is my life going to get harder? Like over this, this is, this doesn't make sense to me. Cause I'm still cooking for people. Yes. You know what I mean? So I'm like, wait, I'm still cooking for you. It's not like I get that off now. <laughs> Nope. Um, so yeah, so I, I think it's just a learning curve and you know what too, if you ever are around people with a lot of kids, you will see that they do a lot of jobs because that household yeah. would not function very well if the kids were not picking up the slack. So you'll see them. I feel like you'll see kids if they're in bigger families doing way more, um, stuff that you're kind of like, if you have maybe two kids, one kid, maybe three, I don't know. And that you may be like, oh, I don't know if they could do that. But you don't want to know what something's so funny is that the neighbor next door, there's two boys and they're the girls ages. I'm not joking. The first week, Skylar cut the grass, not kidding. Their son was cutting the grass the following week. Oh, that's awesome. Either the parents were like, wait, she's cutting the grass? (laughs) 
no, no, no. You're cutting the grass. Or the boy was like, wait, she's cutting the grass? I want to cut the grass. Who knows? I have no idea. But I just thought that that was funny. Like, oh my gosh, here yes. we're influencing the neighbors. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I, have um, a, a, yeah. I have a colleague, a ministry colleague, and uh, we are uh, launching a new program in January. And she is overdue now with baby number 13, her and her husband have 13. And what I love about her is the, the first thing she'll tell you about herself is she's like, no, I don't homeschool. We don't live on a farm. I don't <laughs> can my own food. But she has the most epic chore chart on her wall because the kids just what learned I'm how to work as yes. a family. Yes. You know, you got 15 people in That's the house. That's a lot it's of people. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I mean, Absolutely. that's a lot of people. I mean, so even this, Skylar has learned how to put her sheets on. So we wash her sheets. She's got to put it on. Serena, that's another thing. I don't know. Like ricochet is off the bed and I, I still have to help her. So you do learn like what things, like what ages can actually really handle things. They put away their own laundry. I don't even care what it looks like going in. So I'm like, Me that's going to be your own thing if you have wrinkled clothes. So uh, yeah. it's up to you. So I think too, you have to kind of let go of certain things and not micromanage if you really do want them to do it. Obviously there's things that you do want them to be using properly, you know, depending on what they're doing. But, um, like when, so when Skylar cuts the grass, Todd is out there, he's weed whipping and doing all that to keep an eye on her. Obviously it's like, we can't just leave her and be like, bye. And so, um, <laughs> so you know what I mean? Like it's, there's yeah. those things that you learn too, as they're doing things and what they can handle. And, uh, cause I was getting tired of doing their laundry. I'm like, I'm, I'm already done doing my, I barely can get my laundry out of the baskets and put away. It's true. It's I'm, true. I'm like, I'm not adding this to the list. I'm like, you guys need to do this. Like, these are your clothes. Like, you go put them away and then boom, we're done. I mean, easy yep. peasy. <laughs> and I think you have to really look at yourself to figure these things out. And it's a trial and error basis yep. because as a child, I was very much micromanaged. And, mm -hmm. you know, there was a level of perfection, I would think that was expected. Oh, yeah. yep. And so I've tried really hard not yes. to bring that into the way that I raised my own girls because yep. I know how that affected me personally. Yeah. So you're right about the laundry. I yep. have to, you know, when they do their own hair mm -hmm. and my little ones got <laughs> like, and I just know pulling out those pigtails at oh, the end of the day is going rough. to be a disaster. <laughs> it's going to be rough. Yeah. But I can't fix them or change them because that's just, she was so proud of herself Aww. for doing it. Yeah, that, that makes a big difference. Yeah. Yes. Just have to let those things go yep. and, and know you're going to have to pick up some pieces later. But that's a, that's a learning curve that yeah. we have to put into practice for some of us. For others, oh, it's, for sure. it's easy. Yeah, I know. So, well, I was looking at Serena's fold towels like the for the hand towels that go in our bathroom. I was looking at it going, hmm, that's, it's, it's rolled, but it's not how I would roll it. And I was like, well. I'm like, she did it though. So. Yep. <laughs> you know, and that, that is where you have to let it go or, 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 or you become the mom that is so mad and you're always cleaning. And that is all you're ever doing is you're that mom cleaning the house all the time because you yeah. don't want to delegate it out to anyone, um, which is a disservice to the kids because then they never learn how to do anything. But then it also is then such a burden onto that mom because she just, can't let it go. And so, no. so all she's ever doing is cleaning. And I knew of those, uh, 
parents that their friends are just like, oh yeah, my mom, it's like their mom was just always cleaning as if that was her job and her duty in life, you know? And I just think that's so exhausting. I mean, to always be doing that, but she didn't want to let up on, uh, you know, things not being as neat. And I get it. There's some things, especially when I'm in the kitchen, Mm-hmm. I do want to move faster. And so I there I probably in a perfect world would slow down, let them do it and it be a disaster and just be like, well, they're learning. That one, I don't know. I tend to that that's a harder one for me to kind of like go because I'm like, let's just move through this, everybody. Let's just get done. Yep. Moving uh, it along. Yep. I know, I know. But I don't want, especially Serena loves like doing stuff like that. So I don't want her you know, to grow up and be like, yeah, my mom never let me help her. So I, I don't want that either. So yeah, there is a balance. It's just, I just say for all the moms that are trying to do that, figure out which one you care least about and let them do it. So which one is going to bug you the least if they don't do it right? And then go with that. And then go with that. I know these are all things that we're learning as we're having to readjust to being together. All the time in the house is constantly messy. All the time. Yeah. Yeah. And doing all the things together, together. you know, yes. Mm -hmm. all the life things. And then you like for most of us, all of our extracurriculars, everything that we did outside of the home, even as a family have been removed from our everyday life. And so, you know, we're often trying to fill the time with other things. Yeah. So why not clean? (laughs) Yeah. Why not clean? But these are all the things that, you know, my eyes have been open to during this time and how it's affecting me. Exactly. So, and, um, you know what I have found really hilarious and then we'll get to this, but, but this is all kind of what, you know, talking about the past year and, um, and our experiences, but I have really enjoyed just catching, um, housewives having like housewives of whatever city they live in having to like (laughs) clean their own bathrooms. Like I've really appreciated that. I'm like, Todd, look, look at, they have to get the Clorox, um, toilet cleaner to put in like, and they have to (laughs) vacuum and they don't know how to do it because they haven't done it in so long. And they even say, they're like, I don't think my husband's even vacuumed our whole married life. I just, I'm like, see, they too are real people. You know how they always have that, like in Us Weekly or something? (laughs) Just like us? Celebrities pump their gas, just like us. (laughs) I was like, this is awesome watching them. I know, but I'm like, this is awesome watching them all struggle like the rest of us. Like they don't have their five nannies and they don't have their whole housekeeping crew. And I get it. Like, this is the thing too. I don't even even have have, enough children for five nannies. I know. Well, housekeepers, you know, (laughs) if you have a housekeeper come twice a month, I mean, I know people who don't have housekeepers think that's like probably so luxurious and your house magically stays amazing for those in between weeks. They don't. It lasts (laughs) for like an hour. Um, Okay. But it's better than nothing. But what I'm saying is when people have probably like cleaning people like on a daily basis that are super wealthy, that are always maintaining the house, that's a whole different beast. Okay. And this is what I think yeah. some of these people are used to. So, um, so it just was fun to me to just delight in like, yes, yeah. So your children are driving you crazy because the nanny's not taking them. You're homeschooling just like us and you're having to clean the toilet just like Welcome us. Welcome to reality. Like everybody else, this is true reality. It kind of brought it all to like, you know, the same level. Yes. So I wanted to, I want to jump in, man. This was like so long. People are like, who is this girl that I even brought on the show? So Melissa, for those of, um, those of the listeners that have not heard you on the show before, just give us a quick, um, shout out to what your name is, where you live and how many kids you have and their ages. And then we'll jump into this. 
I am Melissa Sharp, and I live in London, Ontario, uh, just outside of Toronto in Canada. And I'm a writer here in Canada, and I have two girls who have just turned 9 and 13. And uh, it's a fun, fun life that we live, I can say that. Having a couple girls around the house, as you know, is a a good time had by all. Yeah, that's awesome. Okay, Lots of so, hormones going on. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm not looking forward to that part. So, um, <laughs> uh, especially when you're quarantined, you're like, yeah, this is great. Yes. Oh, <laughs> um, yeah. So I'm keeping this super casual. We're doing the series. Um, and you and I wanted to talk about the topic mental health because we think that um, this is really going to impact people just being kind of stuck at home. People are losing their jobs. Businesses are closing up. There's just so many components, not being able to see people isolating um, and just being so lonely. And um mm-hmm. I wanted to bring you on because you do talk to a lot of women and get different perspectives. And for those women that are just really struggling um, with this, either feeling depressed or um, anxiousness and anxiety and all that kind of stuff, and just feel like, you know, it's like they're on an island by themselves. And um, mm-hmm. I just wanted to, you to share with us, what is your thoughts on all this and and how this is probably playing a bigger role than what most people even realize? Well, it's interesting. I actually have started just doing uh, some Facebook or sorry, Instagram IGTV videos, which is not super typical of me. I just started a little while ago, started doing them. People have been sending me personal DMs asking questions. And I think that everyone has an assumption of someone's character or who they are on the outside. And I just wanted to, I was really challenged to let people, and I've always been an open book. Those who've seen me speak at conferences, who've read my writing and so forth, uh, my blogging, they they definitely get a glimpse of who I am. I'm very much a, this, this is who I am. This is what you get. I'm comfortable with me. I, I like me. I've gotten to this place in my life where I know what I'm good at. I know what I'm not good at, my strengths and my weaknesses. And I am definitely a work in progress. And so I actually struggle with um, SAD, which is seasonal affective disorder. And I did a video uh, not that long ago, and it was just a shout out saying, listen, this is what I struggle with. I do all the things. I am medicated. I do light therapy. Uh, I up my, my D3. I am active. Uh, all the vitamins, the supplements. Um, I take care of myself. When the skies are very dark and gray, that is when I struggle. And I'm a person who's driven by the sunshine. I love being outdoors. I find nature always changes my mood. Um, I hate exercising. So don't get the idea that like, I'm some sort of like super fit, you know, granola eating person. (laughs) That is like, that is not me at all. Um, but you're just saying I, you I, need to get outside when it's sunny. That's all you're saying. Don't commit I'm that you're saying, actually walking more I'm than a not mile. I'm green smoothies every day and running <laughs> and shouting to nature. No, that's, no. that's not happening. Okay. I'm glad you cleared that but, up for everyone. <laughs> but I do believe, I do believe there's something about God's creation that can, that really can help us. But when it's, when it's really gray and really dark, um, I do struggle and I know the difference. And so when I actually opened up about that, the amount of uh, personal DMs that I was getting from people absolutely blew my mind because there were so many uh, women that were like, wow, like I didn't have a name for it. And I, 
I was so happy to hear that someone struggled with this. I, you know, I had somebody say to me, I was so happy to hear that you struggled with it. Not that they struggled with it, just that I had this struggle. <laughs> and I was like, okay, that's fair. That's fair because there's nobody who in this planet, there's nobody in God's creation that doesn't have some sort something. of thorn in their side. Yep. Something. And I was really curious as to how COVID-19 and kind of what we're going through in this modern history, we're, we're at a time right now where we've never been in modern history. I think for most of us, um, especially the your demographic of listeners, a lot of us have not lived through mm-hmm. anything that's really thrown us for a loop right. or kind of upended uh, our way of life. And now we have. And so I was looking back at the American Health Institute and the Canadian Mental Health Institute. And actually, it was interesting because in the spring, they both did surveys and they wanted to see. So COVID kind of hit around March, correct? And then um, we're going into May and June. So it was like uh, late spring, early summer. And they Mm. were doing these surveys on mental health. And I just want to share with you quickly, Amber, the stats are really interesting. In the American Mental Health Institute, 25% of those surveyed indicated fair or poor mental health. 50% indicated their mental health has worsened with physical distancing. Most participants, which was 88%, experience at least one symptom of anxiety every day. And youth are more likely to report worsening mental health. And I thought, why is that? Is it a generational thing? You know, I did grow up with parents, especially my mom, where it was like, suck it up, buttercup. You know, my mom is someone who did live through a lot of different things and um, has had to, you know, move forward in life. And my mom is someone who has a lot of grit and the youth of today. Well, they've not lived through, um, big things in history that has changed how we live as a society. And so of course I would think that it's natural that their mental health be affected because we haven't had to face such obstacles before. Yeah. And we're just learning how. Um, It was interesting, 41% reported at least one adverse mental or behavioral health condition, including anxiety and depressions. Wow. And 26% openly admitted to increased substance abuse to cope with the stress. And if 26% admitted to it, there's probably a high percentage of people based on, you know, shame and fear that didn't admit it. Yeah. So- I look at this and I think, yeah, like this makes complete sense to me because the way that we live life has shifted. There are so many um, of us, you know, friends of mine who really found their identity being a hockey mom. You know, they found their their identity in the work that they did and the volunteer work um, that they did. I have one particular friend who really found her purpose and her calling going to retirement homes and oh. old age homes and having coffee with the elderly. Yeah. She found that their stories and their history mm-hmm. was so rich. And I'm sorry, but that is a calling. Yes. That is a gift for yeah. someone to have. And she was so proud to wear her little name badge button. Yeah. And she was 
you know, go once once or twice a week on her scheduled times and knock on the doors of the residents and she'd be like, hey, would you like to have coffee today? And all of a sudden that was stripped of her. And that yeah. was how she would give back. And that sense of giving back. Mm-hmm. Kind of lost often, her purpose. Mm-hmm. You, lo- you lose your purpose mm-hmm. in that. And, you know, we have learned for so long that giving back, giving to others, um, being an, an active member of our society and putting others before ourselves is so good for our mental health. And then that is that that bottom line is taken away from us, those physical interactions that we used to have. And a lot of people have, you know, tried to do other things. It's just not the same giving money to an organization. Yep, I think right. it, it's the doing and seeing the fruit of what you're doing and seeing yeah. how it's affecting the lives of other people, mm-hmm. I think that is what sustains us. And so all of a sudden, you know, we are in lockdown and things are taken away from us and we feel controlled. We feel like we uh, can't do the things that we want to do. And there's so much fear out there. There's so much fear in the news. And, you know, if you're walking through Target and, and, there's someone that's like skittish beside you and, mm. you know, or someone gets barked at because their mask has slid down or someone's not wearing the appropriate PPE or they're four feet away from you for a moment instead of six feet away. Get your ruler out. Get your ruler out. <laughs> and, you know, it's one of those things where you're just like, you're, you have to be so self-aware now yep. and we're just used to living like that. Exactly. I was going to so. ask you, so, um, with the sad. So I feel that too. Um, I know when November rolls around, um, especially when we do the time change uh, mm-hmm. here, it, that it gets really challenging because then it gets really dark really early. And yes. um, that is always a struggle for me. And, you know, we even moved from Michigan to, to Tennessee, right outside of Nashville. And Nashville has so many more sunny days compared to Michigan. I remember when we moved, I was like, it is so sunny here, mm-hmm. but it's still, we still have seasons here. So it gets cold. Like today's dreary. And I notice that it impacts me. I notice that when the sun is flooding the house, that I have a little bit of a pep in my step and, um, and it, it really does change it. And I notice that, yeah, I, I'll say something to Tad. I'm like, it's so dreary. And he just kind of is like, yeah, I'm like, <laughs> When I shake them, be like, you don't feel this. <laughs> like, don't you don't you want to just sit on your couch pain? for hours and just watch TV because it's dreary. And, you know, yeah. and so, no, he doesn't. And, uh, <laughs> you know, and my husband's like that too. Yeah. And I, I, it's interesting. He, but I mean, the, he's used to focusing on one tat, like one <laughs> job every day. And he yeah. actually, I, I was struggling in particular one day mm. and, he came to me and he said, um, you know, he, he sometimes works like, I, you know, all the power to the moms out there who really have to, who have their own jobs and picking up the slack because they do have spouses or partners that work very long hours. And my husband is a, is a small business owner and, and he works very, very long hours. And he said to me, he's like, well, you know, let's compare exhaustion. And I said, well, that's not fair because and I really had to advocate for myself. And I said, I wear many hats in a day. 
I wear many hats. I put on the mom hat. Um, I'm still, you know, at my daughter's school every morning. And that's something that I'm, I am still able to do. Um, and so I have to put on my school hat and then I have to put on my, my work hat when I have interviews or I have, uh, you know, voiceover work to do and things like that. And then I have to put on my mom hat again. And then I put on my friend hat. And then, so I'm putting on and off all these different hats all day long and fulfilling all these different roles that we have. And I find that that's mentally exhausting Yeah. as opposed to, you know, my husband who, who puts on his work hat and he's all business and he focuses on, he doesn't have to keep taking on and off those hats. Yes. And I think for those of us, when some of those hats have been removed from us, we do struggle a little bit with our purpose and identity. And then we have to fill those hours or fill that time. And we don't recognize that we're mourning maybe what we've lost, you know, or uh, we're trying to find a new kind of normal because normal isn't normal. And that is, it's personal to everyone, but now we've had to learn how to adapt. And I think it's okay for us to grieve those things, but we have to really count our blessings at the same time. There has to be a point where we can meet in the middle and we can go, okay, it's it's okay for me to feel this sadness or to feel this depression, to feel this, uh, this loss, but what is it that I'm going to do to help it? Yeah. And you know? I, yeah. And w- w- when I was listening to you speak, I think the, um, I think the issue is too, that it's okay to grieve what you've lost, you know, and, um, and that life doesn't look the same. Um, at the same time, I've heard this over and over again this year is that, um, but we, you don't want to just keep holding on and wishing we could go back because that is going to make you feel just so bad. You know what I mean? Like that's not going to help you kind of move forward. So it's like, yes, you do want to acknowledge, but you also have to be like, okay, but um, this is what we're dealt with right now. And so we kind of have to, you know, figure out how does life work like this? Because I think, I, and and this was me at the beginning, because I think all of us, right, we didn't know how long this was going to be. We're just like, okay, when life gets back to normal, right? Like you heard that yeah. so many times, like life gets back to normal. And we talked about that during our COVID series that you and I had um, done. And so it's kind of like you were just waiting while you realize like, there's no more waiting. Like there's just going to be a new way of living. And so I do think the faster you can adapt, mm-hmm. the easier life will be. And so the longer you hold on kicking and screaming, it's going to be a lot harder. You know, people say this, like say if um they have to get a shot or something and like the anticipation of getting the shot or them tensing up is like makes it way worse than just kind of going in, relaxing, getting a shot and being done. Well, it's kind of the same thought process because you're just like, oh, you're just thinking over and over again how life was different, how you wish it was the same. But really that just perpetuates that whole like, okay, I'm not happy. This stinks. Like, I don't like this. And and of course, so many people feel the same way. And I will mm-hmm. say that I think what is challenging too with saying like you feel sad. Now, I, ta- I know we talked about sad, the seasonal disorder, um, mm-hmm. but I do want to end on this um, is talking about, I think what's challenging is when you're trying to not just be down, right? You're trying to not be like, everything sucks and have such a bad attitude. Okay. But then, but you might be feeling like, okay, am I sad? Am I depressed? Do I have anxiety? I'm not sure. Like, um, and then you feel bad because 
you know, people might be losing loved ones and, or you don't mm-hmm. have COVID. So then you're kind of like, and maybe you have a job and that's still thriving. And you're kind of like, like, where do I even, where do I even have the right to be sad? Because when I see other people, they, their lives might be falling apart, you know, and they might be losing loved ones and they might be losing their jobs. And you're kind of like, Oh, do I even feel comfortable saying like, I am having a down day for what? Like, what are you even having a down day for? Like not going on your vacation or something, but at the same time, at the same time though, that is something that, um, you're going through. And so I think to be able to reach out to either a counselor or a friend that you really trust or talking to your spouse, you know, whoever that you Mm -hmm. feel, um, you can trust with those burdens and stuff like that because you're still going through that. And, um, but I think during this time frame, it's been so easy to try to catch yourself to be like, okay, but is my life really that bad? Like, should I really be complaining? Which then I think makes things worse if you just keep Mm -hmm. keeping them in. So I don't know, have you found yourself feeling like that at all where you feel like I really shouldn't be like feeling sad or upset or something because really life is not that bad. Um, or how have you felt during that? Yeah, I, I definitely had a lot of days, a lot of moments like that because I do know people don't want your pity. And when we start pitying up, like when we feel pity for other people, I feel like it's almost a, a false, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's almost almost a false humility humility that we're mm. carrying around. We're not being truly humble. Um, we're just kind of gauging our uh, pluses against their minuses, right? And and that's not fair. We've we've all lost something. Um, I actually know of a few marriages that have not made it through the first lockdown, which is heartbreaking mm. to me. Yeah. Um. But that's that's not something that I can change. Uh, I just right. have to support. Mm support the people in my Mm -hmm. life who are going through this and be a listening ear. Because let's be honest, for most of us, disaster could happen at any moment. And we can't be waiting for the other shoe to drop. We just have to stop focusing on ourselves so much. Uh, You know, as we talked about at the beginning, you know, things I really had to look at in my own parenting, you know, things that I needed to work on and I needed to change, uh, things that I you know, I, I had to look at and go, you know what? Okay, so this isn't anymore, but what opportunity now do I have to move forward with? And I can honestly say, Amber, I don't know how people do this without faith. Yeah. My faith is what sustains me. My faith mm-hmm. is not perfect. Right. You know, we've all said the words, I am a work in progress. Believe me, there are some moments when I think Jesus has long left me because I've <laughs> said or done the yeah. wrong thing like yeah. in my humanity. Um, but it has been my faith that has sustained me because I can't just look at my own little world, which I have done. You know, we've all been there where we look at our our own circumstances and and we, you know, base our feelings and our emotions on what we're experiencing. But I have to look at the world as a whole. And I think, oh, my gosh, the world is burning like the world around us is literally burning right now. And we are in crisis. We are in mental health crisis. We are in spiritual crisis. We are in like physical health crisis, these things are happening. And there is uh, so many wars um, going on. There is a war of words that's happening and fear mongering. 
There are so many conspiracy theories out there and those that will argue you tooth and nail to want to prove a point. And then you turn on the local news and you're afraid because, you know, for me personally, cases here are rising Mm -hmm. so fast and I had mentioned to you we're we're once we've just gone up a level in uh, we're a code red now and we're just on the brink of a full lockdown again here in my city, but I don't know anyone who's had it. I don't know personally anyone who's had COVID nineteen, but that doesn't mean it doesn't exist, and it doesn't mean that people, you know, that I do know aren't struggling with mm-hmm. the the fear of getting it or you know uh, or don't have loved ones that that have had it or, right. or struggling. And so I find that right now it's been a real challenge for me not to just hand over my thoughts, but also my words and trying to be careful with my words with others um, and just, you know, keep and, you know, as I've been on the show before to talk about um, my eldest daughter has severe anxiety and you know, even taking some of the coping skills that she has learned through her therapy and having to adapt them for myself. And just remembering, okay, what is the worst case scenario that's going to happen? And what can I do about it? How can I control my own environment without holding on to control? Mm. And just releasing that to God every day and just beginning my day with like, okay, you need to sustain me. I'm going to break today. I'm going to have, like, I'm not winning any parent of the year awards for 2020. Let me tell you, like, I'm probably at the bottom of the list. But I have to look at it and go, what kind of wins have I had with my kids? Um, You know, everyone's going through something different. We have a mix of homeschooling right now, online schooling, and uh, public schools are open. Public and private schools are back open. And we had to make a decision that was best for our family and for my kids' mental health. They needed to go back to the classroom. Yep. And it has done wonders for them that, you know— and the school has been an incredible support, but that wasn't for everybody. And that's yeah. not for everybody. Right. And and if you have a child that really struggled to go back to school because of fear or, you know, the environment that they were being put in and you felt being at home for them was best, all the power to you because not every child is the same. Every environment is different. And not every mother is the same. No. <laughs> and if we were... Like, you need to go to school. <laughs> yes, we would be the Stepford wives of whatever, right? But well, and a lot of moms want their kids back into school and they don't even have a choice. So, you know, there's a lot yeah. of that too. So, I mean, because there's so many other things other than education that the kids are learning in the school system. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, they're learning, you know, the social skills is huge. And oh, so, yeah. yep. you know, but that doesn't mean they're not learning them at home oh, as for well. Sure. Yeah. It's, it's just every child is different. So, I think during this time, we just, the bottom line is we have to let go of the word normal. Yeah, because we have been told if we look back at history, we have been told over and over again that normal is not the same for everybody. True. You know, yes. and we have to find a new kind of normal. I think there's a really great book on the market that was written years ago and it's called A New Kind of Normal. Mm. And and it is a faith-based book and uh, it's all about I believe it's all about like dealing with loss and all different types of losses. And how we can move forward and and look for the bright side and things and how maybe there's something new that's coming around the corner. And so, you know, I, we just have to adapt and that's not easy for us to do when, again, in modern day history, many of us in North America have not had to live through something Mm -hmm. like this. 
violence. That's right. Yeah. But we can't forget that there are legitimate wars going on the other side of the world in countries right now. There yeah. are bombs being dropped. You know, there are, there are things that are happening and our eyes need to be open to that, that this world is very, very broken, but yeah. we don't have to be. I agree. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. And that is a really good point. And so, um, we are going to have to, um, in this, you, you know, you and I could just keep talking and stuff like that, especially on <laughs> topics like this. Um, but you know, as we end, I wanted to ask you, Melissa, what, so you might not have this issue. Okay. Um, but I wanted to ask, um, all my guests that come on for this series, um, is there something that, you know, so we, we're talking about love language and all that kind of stuff. So for you, um, is there something that you wish or would have liked your friends to do um, during this time to kind of show you that they love you and um, and just let you feel like, hey, I'm still connected to you. And this isn't to say that like when your friends listen to this, like, yeah, they kind of <laughs> sucked and whatever. I'm saying this because I think what's challenging, and this is what we talked about with your kids and their love language, that you are loving them but like, you're not even hitting their love language bucket. So in their mind, they're like, yeah, that's cool that you did this. Thanks for but- pointing out my parenting fail. I'm going to, I got a funny story. Uh, my mother-in-law, I do not think words of affirmation are her thing at all. I, I have noticed over the years and that's not mine either. So it's hard for me to even do that because that's not really my thing. And I'm not super verbal in like in that regard. But you know, if if we're staying at her house when we go to Michigan, like I just try to make a point of saying something and I notice like her response is like not that like excited. And I mm-hmm. think I t- and I told Todd I'm like I don't think your mom cares about words of affirmation. Like I don't I don't I think you could say this was the most amazing dinner. I think this was really great. You did such a good job and da 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 where someone else would be like all over that. I think hers is yeah. quality time and it might be acts of service. So you can imagine if you're saying words of um words of affirmation, like if she really just wants you to do the dishes, words of affirmation is not going to count. You're she's going to be like <laughs> whatever. And so um <laughs> So I'm saying this with your, I'm saying this with your daughters, because we talked about it, but like with your friends, um, it could be the same thing. They could be like, well, I did A, B and C, but you're kind of like, well, actually D is my love language. So that's really where it would hit home. And I'm using this as an example um, so that others can hear what other women and moms are saying that they would love to like receive whatever that may be like so not saying that your friends aren't doing it maybe you've had friends do stuff that you're like wow that has felt so amazing does anything stand out to you that if you were talking to other people it gives them other ideas about some ideas of what to do for their friends so that they can feel connected and also help other friends not feel lonely because i think it's so easy to think like people aren't lonely. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like, cause they're like, well, their family's there and their kids and no, all that you can be stuff. surrounded by people yes. but still be lonely. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that comes from a place where, um, do you remember the movie, the avatar? Do you remember the movie? Av- is yes. it avatar? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. So there's this point in the movie and it's, I mean, it's not my favorite movie by any stretch of the imagination, but there's this one point in the movie <laughs> that I, that will stick with me. And it's when the, the two main characters were looking at each other. And I, I believe it was him that says to her, I see you. Mm, yeah. And it was not, I'm looking at you. 
Not yes, that I know that I you're see who here. You are. It's like I see mm-hmm. who you are. Yeah. And so, you know, and I, I, that stuck with me too. And I remember Oprah bringing that up on uh, one of her shows and she was, that was a pretty profound moment for her. And so what, you know, you and I have talked about community and mm-hmm. I will always say, you know, go back to cultivating your village for any of your listeners, yeah. listen to our, to mine and your conversations yes. about that. Yeah. That's serious. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's a really good one. And we want to be seen and that's how we don't feel lonely. If you're in a room full of people or you're with your family and you don't feel seen, then you are going to feel that loneliness. So for myself, um, acts of service and gifts are my love languages. Mm. And my husband always jokes with me because gifts is like the bottom for him. Gifts yeah. is not, not yeah, for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Yeah. Right. And he just thinks like, I like stuff. Yeah. And so he's just like, oh, you just want pretty things. And it's yeah. like, no, 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 no. If you bring me a coffee. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if you bring me a coffee, it, that just says to me, oh, you remembered that I have like an this. unhealthy yeah. relationship yep. with coffee. Yes. And I kind you of know? thought that as a gift too. So that's a win-win yeah. for Melissa. Everybody is yeah. Melissa's friend. It's kind of a gift and slash acts of service so she doesn't have to make herself coffee. There you go. (laughs) You bring me a coffee and is like, whoa, you see me. This is like, this is this bring because it's a comfort thing too, right? There's something about sitting down with that cup of coffee. Yeah. And so, and you know, acts of service where it's like, can I make a meal for you? Can I, can I help you in some way? Like, do you want me to pick the kids up from school for you today and do carpool? Would you like, you know what I mean? And and slice of that. And I think when you are cultivating your village and you're finding your people, it's important too, that you have people who understand your love languages, Mm -hmm. you understand theirs and you have some common ground with them so that you show each other, um, how you feel. As you know, one of my closest friends is is my girlfriend, Erin, and I've Mm -hmm. talked about her many times and access service is something that we've we just pick up where the other has left yes. off many times. Mm-hmm. You know, there's been times when I've had, I remember being stuck in traffic and I was like, can you go pick up my kid from a doctor's appointment? Right. Because I, you know, I just knew that it would, she would drop what she had to because yeah, to it was a it. need that had to be immediately of met. Course. Yeah. So I think that for anyone that is struggling with that loneliness right now and desires to be seen, you know, look at your, again, look at your love languages, look how you show love and look how others are trying to show you love and, and just try to do the best that you can so that other people know they're being seen. And I think when you put that out there, it will come, it does not go void and unnoticed, it will come back to you. Yeah. But we have to put, you know, the, the commandment really is love your neighbor mm-hmm. as you would want to love yourself. Right. Mm-hmm. And so you need to do it first. We can't sit back and go, why isn't anybody doing anything yes. for me? Yeah. No, I agree. you need to mm-hmm. put yourself out there and yeah. it will come back to you and you will feel that fulfillment inside. Yeah. Um, but I it's, agree. it's really important. And that loneliness will, will dissipate. And you know, where it's hard, holidays are coming up, people are mm-hmm. not allowed to be with their families. There's a lot of conflict. There's a mm-hmm. lot of conflict over that where people are like, but I can stand in a Costco with 400 other people that yes. I can't be with my parents, mm-hmm. you know? And so we just, we have to pick our battles and pick them wisely. So the moral the of the story part. is go to Costco with <laughs> your family. Oh, to <laughs> with your family, buy the hot dogs and call it Christmas dinner. And eat in the car. And eat it in the car. And with your window rolled down, with your heater going if you live in Canada. 
That's like the cheapest Christmas dinner that you could possibly have. You can stand like- in front of the TVs and hope there's a game on or something. <gasps> That's a good idea. Amber, we are full of great cleaning <laughs> tips. We need to actually on my Instagram. I don't know if you saw the cookie exchange. No. You just my Instagram handle and I, I swiped a photo from somebody and it was like, follow me for more quarantine tips. And it was about a cookie exchange. You mm. bake a dozen cookies and leave them on my doorstep and I will eat them. There is no exchange happening. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the cookies. That is oh, funny. I love that. That's awesome. <laughs> that is really cool. Oh. Um, I, I was going to end on this. I don't know what, I don't know how to help the people that touch is their, um, love language, especially if we all have to stay far away and six feet apart and maybe not even in your house. So for all of you that have touch as your love language, you probably are going to need to figure out what your second one is because that will probably be easier for your friends to do. Because I was really thinking that, like, I I don't know how that would work very well um, when people are not able to get that close to someone. So, um, Mm. but we all kind of have like one, you know, like the top two, so, but I think those were really good. Um, I think those were good tips. And even you just talking about the coffee, I think that's really great. So, um, it can heal a lot of the world's problems. Oh yes. Yes. And just like you said, being seen, I think that makes such a big deal. And, and the other thing that I want to point out, and, and then we're going to end is I do think everybody is waiting for somebody to reach out to them. And then they Mm kind of feel like if they're reaching out to that person or someone, it's like, oh, no one cares. But I I think you have to get past that because you could just be waiting. Everybody's so busy and all that. And maybe they need that blessing. And so if you can look at it that way, that they they may need that blessing more than you need it. And so, and if you're being stubborn and being like, well, I'm not going to do it. You don't even know what kind of blessing you're taking away from that person. So I'm glad that you said that because I've heard that many, many times that you be the person that reaches out. And um, so I'll say that because I'll end on this. Um, A friend of mine was thinking about me and, um, and she reached out to me and texted me and it was just so nice to just hear that she was thinking about me. And I think it's so easy to not let people know that you're mm-hmm. thinking about them. And that like takes nothing. All it takes nothing. is a text message, an email saying, I just want you to know I'm thinking about you. And I think if we could do this, and that maybe something I'm going to say in every episode, if I can remember it, because it's such a simple thing, but I feel mm-hmm. like it will go so far, especially during a quarantine that mm-hmm. people are thinking about you. And that's all you have to say. So if it, every time that you think of somebody you care about, if you just send them a message saying, I just wanted you to know I was thinking about you, um, I think that would make a world of a difference. So it that's will, my it'll change, that. it'll change the world around us for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Melissa, yeah. as always, thank you so much for coming on the show. It was so much fun talking to you. Oh, you too, Amber. Hey, you guys, have you subscribed to the mom inspired show email list yet? If you want to have discounts sent to your email, and links to the books we discuss on the show, as well as all the guests' information, then you will want to subscribe. That way, every episode will show up in your inbox every Tuesday, and you won't have to go searching for the newest episode. It will be right at your fingertips. So just go to mominspiredshow.com and scroll down and enter your name and email, and you will be all set. See you next week.